KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. The Bill Handel Morning Show. Brian is filling in for Bill and Gary and Shannon are hitting the road. Listen live from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, Ohio, July 18th through the 21st. Exclusive coverage and interviews. It's brought to you by Bergener, protected by attorney Sweet James Bergener. Winning track record, inside knowledge with insurance companies. If hurt or ball bitten, call 800-881-2021 or go to sweetjames.com, sweetjames.com. All right, so this hour, John Thomas joins us from uh, Thomas Partners Strategies, our KFI political consultant. And uh, full disclosure, you're a uh, Republican consultant. But you're uh, you're in private business. Let's talk. Let's talk turkey here. <laughs> I call balls and strikes. All right. So uh, uh, a, a KFI tweeter uh, at Dark Secret Place for my Twitter feed. I promised him I, I would steal this. Hillary Clinton now could not get a job as a janitor in Palmdale at Lockheed or Air Force Plant 42. But she's running for president. If you were in charge of her campaign, how would you spin this? What, what, what would you do? You just heard him read a litany an hour ago of what she did wrong and then say no charges recommended. Well, I wouldn't focus if, if I were advising Hillary. I'd say, uh, look, don't focus on all those specifics. Focus on the big overarching news item, which is no charges were brought because there was nothing there. She admitted it was a mistake, but she cooperated in the, in the review. And the, even the director of the FBI said there was no there's no major wrongdoings. Was it a mistake? Yeah. But look, I've learned from it, and everybody makes mistakes. But, but, and then these evil Republicans, it's just a witch hunt. They're always out to get me. See, I didn't do anything. It was not Benghazi. It's this. They're yeah. just making this stuff exactly. up. Exactly. It's all made up. And I want to congratulate our future, uh, future ambassador to Fiji, James Comey, uh, <laughs> upon his retirement. And I, by the way, Rick Wilson, political consultant Rick Wilson, I'm stealing it from him. He, uh, uh, he, say, he said get used to saying it. <laughs> Ambassador Comey, how are you enjoying Fiji? <laughs> or will he be the chief of fundraising for the Clinton Global Initiative? <laughs> Wait, here, here's a problem, Brian, with with what we learned today. First of all, the the laws that she broke were further and wider than I anticipated. Uh, so that that's going to have some legs as we prosecute in the media what she did and why she why she handled toxic information, or never mind that my personal Gmail account has more security than her server did. Wasn't that news? Yeah. I, and how I, pissed I off is Yahoo that. about that? Yeah, the, the director of the FBI <laughs> said that, that her server lacked even Google's security. Right. I, I keep talking to the son of the former minister of finance for Nigeria on, <laughs> on Google. He won't leave me alone. But here, here's where it's not good news for Hillary. Obviously, on the whole, it's good news. But what just happened today is Director Comey stripped uh, Hillary Clinton of the competency attack against Donald Trump, saying you're not you don't understand how to do things. You have to be in government to know how to do things properly. Well, the director of the FBI just said you're reckless, you're careless, you don't know how to handle top secret information. It's going to be hard now for her to attack Donald Trump on issues of competency. Um, but do you think that he has the uh, the, the skill or adroitness uh, to do that, or is he only capable of saying crooked Hillary, dumb Hillary, poopy face Hillary, all these childish things that he's been doing, which everyone who appeals to that, they're already going to vote for him. How How is he now with Obama uh, flying her around in Air Force One? Uh, how How is he – how does he have a chance – yeah, I don't think he has the skill to nuance that argument like we were just discussing, but 
his political professionals that he's hiring, they do, and they can create ads that can do the talking for them. Now, the challenge Donald Trump has is he's broke, at least his campaign is, and he doesn't have money to run those ads. So if he can figure out how to raise that money, he can let the ads do that talking and nuance some of that language and let Donald Trump be Trump and just say, see what I'm saying? The whole system's rigged. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, about a year ago he said that he doesn't have to do this. He already has a job. He's a billionaire uh, and that he can afford to do this now a year later now that the rubber meets the road and she's dropping 40 million across the country he literally his campaign doesn't have the money cuz he's got no fundraising structure he's never he hasn't asked for a check in a year yeah he doesn't he he failed to prepare uh he got through the primary by harnessing earned media like we've never seen Yo, before my God. it was just incredible uh, but now you, you earn media is you're going to need more than that. You need advertising to do the talking. Uh, the Clintons have they're going to have all the war chests they need. And Donald Trump simply isn't liquid enough. The Wall Street Journal did an analysis that all of it, a lot of his money's tied up in hard assets. He can't prepare for that. Look, I think he's going to raise some money, Brian, but I, I'm just not sure he'll raise enough in time. And his core supporters did not expect to be hit up. For contributions. No, they didn't. And he didn't. Working class, blue collar, disassociated white people didn't count on having to cut a check to the guy. But but Donald Trump also failed to prepare the email lists necessary to solicit those uh, those uh, that money. So now he's buying lists in our business. You can buy lists, you know, where you rent them per hit. I can buy Ben Carson's list. I can buy, uh, you know, Mitt Romney's list. They're very expensive. And these are people who voluntarily gave their email addresses to Ben Carson. Right. Or whomever. And then Ben will sell it. Yeah. You know, and make quite quite a handsome profit personally, by the way, not to the campaign. And, and you gave up that you you checked a box that allowed him to do that that's, when he signed up, right? That's right. But the problem Donald Trump's having right now is he's having unusually high spam rates for those early emails because people are saying, wait, I didn't opt into this. List, organic list generation takes time and lots of money. And he's just trying to make up uh, make up for lack of preparation. I mean, it's uh, he's in a bad situation. There's no yeah. doubt about it. And I mean, I, he, you know, he he doesn't even have the ability to say to his social media people, "Have you checked the background on that Hillary Clinton six-pointed star meme? I'm just afraid it might be connected to a Nazi." <laughs> he, said, he can't. He's like, "Go with it. Roll with it. Looks good." <laughs> Oops! Turns out it was done by a white supremacist dude. Um, so, so effectively, what we have here is you, you have a candidate on the Democratic side. Who, who's barely avoiding being uh, prosecuted. You, you talk about an absolute hanging curveball, and the Republicans have a candidate who's barely able uh, to afford, like, Mizuno cleats, not even not even Nikes, not even good stuff. He's he's Though he claims to be a really skilled baseball player, as it turns out, at the ballpark, he, he's not putting his gear on correctly, and he's uh, warming up in the at-bat circle. <laughs> you have to remember— I have congressional races across the country that have more cash on hand than Donald Trump. That's crazy. <laughs> it is. It is crazy. But any rich are they self-funded? I mean, that, that's the thing. The self the, the self-funding people, it works if they are really truly liquid. Like I'm familiar with Maria Cantwell, the senator up in the state of Washington, who's independently wealthy from her connection to real networks and things like that. She funds her campaign, spends the money, and then when the campaign's in debt, she has a fundraiser to replenish her own bank mm-hmm. account. But, the, it's a, but she gets the money back. Trump may be a billionaire, as you said, but he could sell his plane before he could sell Trump Tower. 
Yeah, and, and have more money on hand. Well, and and we don't also know what kind of leverage and debt he has on his real estate portfolio. So he may be in fact worth uh, eight or ten billion dollars, but how much leverage does he have on that? You know, is, is there actually unencumbered a billion? And then to liquidate those assets, you know, to get market value could take a year or two. I mean, it's just it's impossible. Now, I will say to Donald Trump's credit, he did say of that fifty million that or, or thirty million that he spent in the primary of his own money. He's not going to try to retire that day. He's not going to pay himself back. So he he, he honored his oh, word. Oh, he's going to eat that. He's going to eat it. Oh, really? So that's serious money. All right. We'll uh, be back, John Thomas. Our political dude here at KFI will continue talking about uh, the the rally and um, the the cost of Air Force One, the most expensive campaign prop on the face of the planet. Uh, that and more. Brian Suits filling in for Bill Candle. This is a Bill Bill Candle. Bill Handle. It's a Bill Handle morning show. Back right after this. KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk. KFI, KFI. AM six forty. Bill Handle show. Brian Suits filling in for Beal on the fifth of July, two thousand sixteen. Uh, John Thomas, our political consultant, is here. But, uh, Justin, you're waving your hand. What, what, what do you have for us? Well, I want to make sure that people know that this Saturday in Newport Beach, I'm going to be sharing my dad's story. For those of you who haven't heard me talking about it on the show before, 10 years ago he was diagnosed diabetic and uh, had maxed out on his medication. Nothing was working. After just 90 days with Next Advanced Medicine, he was declared non-diabetic about a week and a half ago. So I'm going to be uh, talking more about that story again at their Diabetes Lunch Seminar in Newport Beach this Saturday. For more information, dial pound 250 on your cell and just say diabetes. Um, so John Thomas again uh, from Thomas Partner Strategies, a, a, a Republican-leaning political consultant, joins us. And so if, if you're Hillary's team, you're high-fiving and drinking champagne today on Air Force One. <laughs> I mean, this, Absolutely. this is the last hurdle. Well, it, well, it was, and now you're thinking, you know, you've got to manage the spin. How do you shift this back to Donald Trump? We'll move on from this. Uh, you know, this will probably dominate the media cycle for the next couple of days, so they've got to do some damage control. You know, roll out surrogates like Dianne Feinstein and, and others to say, see, this is there was nothing there all along. Republicans need to get off their soapbox uh, and get back to raising money. I mean, that's that's what I would use this as a as an opportunity for money raising. And so they're unveiling. The titanium cloud that is Air Force One today, the the Clinton campaign is renting it with its accoutrement, uh, its president, uh, President Obama accompanying her down to North Carolina. Her campaign has to repay the U.S. government because this is a pure campaign uh, expense. This is there. There's not there's not a recycle center that he's cutting the ribbon on. He is flying down for the purpose of being on stage with her at a rally. It's pricey. Two hundred and seven. Thousand dollars, two hundred seven thousand six hundred thirty-three dollars per hour is what uh, a FOIA search uh, got the uh, Air Force to pony up to. So her camp, but her campaign, unlike Trump's, can afford it. She does have the money, although I would imagine a lot of her small donors at five bucks a pop probably think, "Is that really the best use of my yeah. money?" What she's doing with that money is she's buying a photo op. That's what she's buying. Well, and what? Okay, so why North Carolina? Is this? Um, is this? I thought that was a blue state. Is it really in play? Uh, I, I think this is more where she she wants to just drive up the up the score, right? Go go to a place where undeniably President Obama is going to be popular, where he's not controversial. You can't take yeah. the president in controversial areas that may backfire at the end of the day. Uh, and uh, by the way, for the record, Trump flies in later today. 
he's going to the Duke Energy Center in Raleigh. He has a rally in Raleigh. So we're going to have a there's going to be a unique opportunity to check who has the the, the drawing power. <laughs> so he's yeah. got he's got you got Hillary Obama uh in in about 2 hours it, and this is a preset rally but it was rescheduled. It was actually scheduled for about a month ago. This so this has been a rescheduled. Then you have Trump flying in. Uh so we'll see who has a bigger crowd. You know, I've heard uh Donald Trump obviously can draw huge crowds, although it was bigger in the primary early on than than it is kind of in in the later days. But we'll we'll see. Uh, here here's what's fascinating, Brian, is you have to look at uh, the people who think that the system may not just be rigged, but is stacked against them. So rigged is one thing, but stacked against them is another. Yeah. If Donald Trump plays his cards right, he can just use today's press conference. As another example of how the system is maybe not rigged, but stacked against the little guy, stacked against the blue collar worker, the guy who, you know, is feels that he's getting exploited or his job's getting exported overseas. It once again just shows it looks like Hillary Clinton is above the rules. So it really can, if Donald Trump plays it right, feed into his narrative here. This just in David Petraeus has punched his beagle. <laughs> Mrs. Petraeus is packing a bag and leaving the house. Well, one thing I'd I'd wonder, Brian, is what would happen if exactly what Hillary did, if any other member of the State Department or a member with classified clearance did exactly that? I mean, if it's okay by Director Comey, it was careless. Yeah. But what what if somebody did exactly that? Uh, They would plea out to a misdemeanor and they would never work in government again because they can't hold a clearance. That's, ah. that's because there's precedent. We already know this. That's why the guys that work for Comey are punching the beagle as well, because they can't believe that they live under one standard. And and then Hillary Clinton doing a thousand times more what Petraeus did gets a recommendation of no charges. You know what Trump tweeted? Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll see. All, all eyes will be on Trump for what, what superlatives he throws at Hillary later today. But uh, f- about an hour, 50 minutes ago, he said, the system is rigged. General Petraeus got in trouble for far less. Very, very unfair, exclamation point. As usual, bad judgment. And then three minutes later, he tweeted, FBI director said, crooked Hillary compromised our national security. No charges. Wow, exclamation part, uh, uh, point, hashtag rigged system. So he's uh, he's deploying he, a hashtag. Here's the only. The Bring good, our girls back. If you're a Trump supporter. <laughs> If you're a Trump supporter, Brian, here's what should encourage you, the the only kind of rosy side of not having charges brought against Hillary. If Hillary had charges brought against her or recommended today, she would have had to drop out of the race. Uh, She would not be the nominee, and likely it would not have been Bernie Sanders, although he would have squawked. It would have been Joe Biden. And in a Biden-Trump stack-up, Biden wins Hands seven out. days a week. Yeah. So we still have a shot at winning the White House uh, with the fact that Hillary's in this race. All right. When we come back, a civil war has broken out in Sacramento. It's white versus Hispanic. Gavin versus De Leon, uh, all over some signatures. It happened on Friday. Who will be the next governor of California? We'll, uh, we'll talk with James Thomas, our, uh, our Republican political Jude, right after this. Brian said filling in. For Bill Handel, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. KFI, an iHeartRadio station. Instead of checking 15 news sites to get all the news you need, get it in one daily email. The Stimu Letter. Go to KFIAM640.com, keyword Stimu Letter. KFI AM640. 
KFI AM 640 more stimulating talk. Brian Suits in for Bill Handel on the Bill Handel Morning Show. Normally you hear my voice when something horrible has happened somewhere in the world. So I just want to calm everybody down. There's no no news so far of a terrorist attack or anything. John Thomas, our political strategist, uh, who, who leans Republican, joins us. So now we, we turn in state. On Friday, a whole slew of Assembly and Senate bills, uh, what I would call anti-Second Amendment bills, uh, were signed by Governor Brown on his way to SFO as he and his wife flew out of the country for, what, a week's vacation? So we're under the rule of Governor Gavin Newsom right now. And the dynamic behind these gun bills is that Senate President Kevin DeLeon, a up-and-comer, uh, was was pushing many of these. The guy is is uh, second only to Leland Yee in gun grabbing. And his hated political rival is Gavin Newsom, who has this ballot initiative called Safety for All. And these laws are passed, and, and DeLeon points out that Gavin's ballot initiative now is, quote, irrelevant. Close quote. So these two hate each other. Oh, yeah. It's it's beautiful to watch because it is a political war. Gavin Newsom was running with this ballot measure uh, to do background checks on an ammo purchases, ammo purchases. which is so silly. By well, the way. It's like getting a background check when you fill your tank with gas. That's right. See if you're a drunk driver or not. Right. Because you already background checked for the gun you're going to shoot it through. Right. Or background checks for the tires you're going to purchase yeah. for your vehicle. Right. But Gav, full speed ahead for Gavin. Right. But he was moving ahead because... Uh, background checks uh, on, on any tightening of gun laws in California is popular because we lean so far to the left. So this was an issue that he thought would get him through a, a Democratic primary. Right. When he ran for governor, he was using it as such. It was picking yeah. up steam. He qualified to get on the ballot. And then here comes <laughs> Kevin DeLeon that said, nope, I'm just going to take that issue from you. You can't run on it. And I just passed a similar version. So now essentially neutering what Newsom's tried to do and yeah. take away that issue. And look, for, for people who don't know, Newsom has declared himself for 2018 as a candidate for governor. Obviously, he's raising money for that. DeLeon has all but done that. But Gavin Newsom actually thinks, as a white male, that he can be elected in the state of California as a Democratic governor. Well, if history is a guide, typically our statewide elected officials in California are Democrats. Check. He does that. And they hail from Northern California. Check. He does that, too. The problem is you've got shifting demographics in this state. And there's been large – there's been a feeling growing uh, in, in, in recent years that the Latinos are not represented as statewide elected office holders. And so De Leon kind of fits that Billy Hills from yeah. Southern California. But here's, here's, here's the only thing that might work for Newsom is he's running in an off cycle. He's not running during a presidential year. And Latinos, although there are lots of them in this state, they typically don't vote unless there's something at the top of the ticket. Yeah, and the Republicans saw this in, in Orange County two years ago. When they targeted three vulnerable Latino state uh, assembly members with Asian candidates, and they basically carpetbagged three Asian candidates into those districts, and they won. And, and one of them, I forget what's her, what, what Ling Ling, what's her name? Ling Ling Chang. She said she was in her in her campaign flyer. She had an AR-15 at a range, and she voted for all these gun bills on Friday. So uh, we'll see how long she stays as, as a Republican. But yeah, 2018 off your election. Uh, and Kevin DeLeon has to get out uh, the vote. And do you remember when he became president of the Senate and he had his coronation down here? I do remember that. It was, that, a, big, it was a big gala. It was a big thing. Well, you're president of the Senate. You're having a big party. But obviously, 
It's a dry run. Well, for, well, for and that. and what was beautiful is on the Sunday talk shows, uh, uh, NBC's. Uh, Sunday news conference with Conan Nolan, uh, Kevin Deadly Owen was on there, and he just smacked Newsom down and said, you know, look, Newsom's bill is irrelevant. I don't care what he has to say. Really? He, yeah. He just came out and said it. They really hate each other yeah. that much, beautiful. do they? It's beautiful. Uh, Gavin has been tweeting all about gun violence for the past week, completely ignoring uh, the permissive environment that he presided over in San Francisco that allowed a, a family to lose three family members to an illegal alien MS-13 member, Edwin Ramos, back in 2008, whatever that was, when the Bologna family was gunned down by this guy. He conveniently forgets all that uh, as he's tweeting all about gun violence oh, in the rest that, of the country. Or that crime is up 10% yeah. in the state of California because we're releasing felons under our streets early and we're not incarcerating them. Yeah, yesterday he that. The, the Attorney General Kamala Harris, who's running for Senate, uh, released late Friday the, the California crime stats, and we are seeing a, a uh, after 30 years of downward trend in property and violent crime in California, we saw a slight uptick. And coincidentally, that coincides with the release of criminals from the California Department of Corrections through Prop 47. You know, it's interesting. Weird. Uh, that could be Kamala's Achilles' heel. If if Loretta Sanchez, who's running against her for the yeah. U.S. Senate, exploits mm. that issue, because look, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, they all agree that public safety, we want to feel safe. And the fact is, uh, att- Attorney General uh, Kamala Harris, that she is the top cop. And it's her job to keep us safe, and crimes up on her watch. And she recommended yes on forty seven, didn't she? She did. Yeah. And so we were yesterday. KFI's Eric Leonard and I were, as we said, peeling Kamala's stinky onion, and we uh, we we got to that core. Where Loretta Sanchez, who because the Republicans are, are are could not get a Senate candidate on the ballot, uh, she's she's the other candidate on the ballot. So this is a this is is not a off year election. This is going to be a year where a lot of Hispanics are going to be voting. And at this point, I I would have to say though Kamala has a comfy lead. Uh, Loretta Sanchez, if she's smart, that's a huge caveat. Um, if she's smart, she's jumping on this, and she's saying Kamala Harris made California less safe, the, and the, she's not Hispanic. The opportunity is there. Kamala Harris is leading right now in the polls because she has more name recognition. That's why she's ahead. It's not because she's well-liked or anything like that. It's just, yeah. just name ID. So Sanchez, if she plays her cards right, she can coalesce Republicans and undermine Harris uh, on issues of public safety that even Democrats agree on and beat Kamala Harris. But look. Loretta didn't show in the primary that she could raise a lot of dough. So we'll see. Uh, All right. John Thomas, thanks for coming in. Um, And uh, I think we've uh, we've beaten this pig to death. We'll see uh, here today. Too bad we don't have Trump on now. It's going to be later on today. But I can't wait for for his reaction to the FBI director, James Comey, announcing no charges recommended for uh, Hillary Clinton. So what what do you you predict? What's he going to say? He's just going to say... I told you it's totally rigged. The system stacked against you, and I'm the only one who can fight the system. Uh, all right. We'll see. And Thanks, Brian. We'll be back. Thank you very much. We'll be back right after this uh, Bill Handel Show. Brian Suits filling in back one more time. Also, we'll find out what Wendy Walsh is talking about at 10 o'clock. She's in for Gary and Shannon. Then more coming up. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM 640. And boy, do they have a surprise. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. The uh, Bill Handel Show, Brian Suits, filling in. Uh, the surprise being, I didn't mention this at all today, but we're gutting the KFI studio. The last show, I guess, was uh, late yesterday. Then I went to George Nury. 
They're repainting it and refurbishing it or whatever. It's supposed to take two days. And so we're in a windowless, what we call a production studio. We're shutty and shouty shouty, everybody. So we're in a windowless <laughs> studio. And, uh, and I'm, whatever, you know, you get paid to sit on your ass and talk. You don't have a lot of room to complain, but, but it is kind of tight quarters. Uh, so, uh, we'll, uh, let's all just be flexible is what I'm saying. Uh, Mega Millions is up to 449 million, the seventh largest in U.S. history. And, and, and inevitably by 7 p.m. tonight or whatever the hell it is, it goes up by, it'll go up by another 20 to 30 million. And I'll tell you my relief. If I can't win, I don't want anyone else to win. I would rather spend two bucks twice a week. For the next 10 years, than to hear that someone else won that jackpot. Uh, Wendy Walsh joins us. She's uh, in for Gary and Shannon from 10 to noon. Well, I don't know. As a psychologist, what would you, would you call that schadenfreude? What would you call it? No, it's the opposite of that. Yeah, I don't think I would diagnose you ever. Because if I just started, it would just go deep. It would just, uh, just too many layers. Deep and dark because and I, full of secrets. Because that's where it is. I, I would rather nobody won if I don't win. And if someone wins, I'm well, not happy for I them. I think it's that you just want to win more because it gets <laughs> to be true. more money if yeah. you don't win. So it keeps that opportunity open. When someone else wins, it closes all hope for yeah. you. Yeah, it renews, it renews your hope in, in, in mathematics uh, <laughs> as well as, uh, as the fate. And, and the other thing is, you know what is so frustrating is when there's a single winner and it's a 68-year-old retired janitor and they ask him – Will this change your life? And they say what? Oh, no, this won't change anything. Well, then give me the damn money. Because <laughs> you would make sure it changes your life. Yeah, take $10 million off the top and, and uh, give the rest away. But uh, so that's... But mostly it, like, tonight. ruins people's lives, right? Like, they, think, they have a TV show about it. Well, yeah, because lottery winners generally aren't good financial managers, what? they also have a great deal of compassion. They're empathetic people. So when the trainload of family members show up with yeah. and the charities, et cetera, and th- they tend to buy things that don't produce inactive income. Uh, yeah, I, I, so you know, I'd set my brother up it. just because he's that guy and then get, just get him out of my hair. And then, and then I would... <laughs> I'd buy a bar and a bookstore. Ah, uh, they both produce income. Yeah, one if in down times people would want to drink, and in up times they would want to read. So it would. But you wouldn't combine the two, or would it be bookstore I'd by day, bar by night? Two. I'd love to combine the two. I don't know if you can though. That's interesting because when I'm depressed, I read, get, not drink. Get all boozed? Oh, really? Yeah, I go to another place. Like I just get out of my life and I get into a good book. Uh, and so, well, okay, let's do that. Well, if you won, what would you do? Four hundred forty-nine million. You get half, approximately half of that, as in a new. Obviously, we'd do lump sum. I would create nonprofits that educate girls around the world, like Oprah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I would do with it. You can't op- out Oprah, Oprah though. I won't out Oprah, <laughs> Oprah. But there are plenty of girls in the world that she hasn't reached yet that I could reach, and because I think the solution to solving all the planet's ills are to having better educated women, yeah, better women. educated people in general. Yeah. By the way, yeah, I, I think I would I would make it my point to uh, to to do where the schools fail and teach history because right now we're seeing a failure of history across the political spectrum. Isn't that amazing? On both sides, it's Be- true. Because uh, we in in the United States, history is the least co- um, compelling subject at all levels of school, and it's up to people like me who uh, who frankly get get aroused uh, at, at history. <laughs> Uh, and my daughter knows more. I'm glad more. there's a desk above you. My, 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 my daughter knows more about this stuff than, than most high school graduates. Just because she picks up the books that I put down. 
And she actually like, reads them. I, like I did with my dad. My so dad if would... there's one lesson about American history that you think this generation has not paid attention to, if you just had to narrow it down to one thing, what would it be? We had to fight for it. Uh, that this isn't normal. That other generations have had to sacrifice. That you're whining about how special your snowflake is and all that is an outlier. This this is not normal. We've had to struggle, not not 200 years ago, but up to 50 years ago and 70 years ago. Did you see that story about the dolphin being drugged at Ventura? No. Okay. California State Beach. Turns out in the ocean, uh, animals die and they come ashore. So there's a dead dolphin and the California beach rangers tied a rope around the tail, tied it to their trailer hitch, and they drug it off the beach. Well, some guy was filming it and he was objecting because his special snowflake saw a dead dolphin being drugged on the sand. <laughs> animals die. Look, I live on Venice Beach, and I have seen many dead animals You've sea life them. that come. I have not. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, does it count if it's a shellfish? Sure. Uh, maybe. Those are delicious. So, um, Murderer. And, and, and when I call the lifeguards and the animal control, like it's this big drama thing, they're like, you know, animals die, and when they die, they get washed into the beach. Well, the only difference is you're here seeing it. Well, and, and, and the most important lesson I think you can give a kid a good friend of mine, his daughter, his his eight month old daughter died last year, and my oh. daughter wanted to come to the funeral, and 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 I had friends saying, "Oh, how about why would you do that?" Well, because you have to, you can't feel that. And it took us it took us six chickens to get to two survivors. So we're at my my daughter has two chickens, two ducks, and three dogs, and we just we lost a dog a few months ago. And that is a super important lesson for kids. Learning how to deal with loss. Yeah. All kinds of loss. Absolutely. What about these teams where Humans? they give a trophy to every kid oh, and there's no winner? About, forget about it. Terrible. No, we, 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 my wife and I laugh about that. My wife played soccer in, in, in college. We, you don't get a participation trophy. But that would be – that's the thing that I'm imparting to her is that this is great. This is wonderful. Our country's phenomenal. But it wasn't always like this. Generations before have had to struggle and et cetera. And she and she once one time she asked me, she said, are you mad at the guys that wounded you? And and I tell her, well, no, they're all dead. So I kind of have closure there. However, had they lived? No, I wouldn't be mad at them because I got to come back here and they have to stay in Iraq. But it's Mm -hmm. academic, as they say, because they're in heaven. And but she she asked. She was very serious. She said, well, how close were you to dying? And I I tell her when she asked, I don't sit her down and say. Light a cigarette, you know, go. (laughs) <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you something, seven year Put on a film noir soundtrack. Yeah. Right? <laughs> let me tell you, you know, I mean, she asks, and I don't shield her from that because it's a natural organic curiosity about history and uh, how come our dog Patty died uh, and all that. And if I, she's seven, she's at the age where they're just understanding that yeah. death is permanent. Yeah. Yeah. And like every kid, you go to the beach and there's a dead thing, a dead dogfish or whatever. You go over the stick and you... you yeah, but when they're the four, I think they think they can walk in front of a bus and still yeah, live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because so in anyway, the cartoons, it that, that would, happens. That would be that would be my lesson. That 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 uh, no country's perfect. This one, no more so than others. But this country has an ability to self improve. That's hard to find around the world. And that uh, yes, we had birth defects at our birth in in 1776. But we're better at self correcting than any other country. And that it's not a done deal. It's not a guarantee. I agree. You don't get a gated community because. Your special snowflake graduated from college and all that. You, it's a struggle. And you and, all, and here's the other thing. You have no right to expect to not be offended. Zero. None. To expect to not be offended. Yeah, you have no right to wake up and not be offended. Right. If you walk on a public street, you have no right to not be offended. Because otherwise, we would all be wearing the same brown uniform and be walking the same yeah. and talking the same and eating the same food. I got a story today about picky eaters. You know, there's a lot of morality around food, too. 
Uh, all right, Wendy Walsh is in for uh, Gary and Shannon, and uh, then uh, Mo Kelly is in noon. Yep. I don't read the memos. Then Mo Kelly, and then I didn't read the rest of the email. And then uh, John and Ken, and you're, and you're all here in this windowless hovel for the next two I li- days. At least it's clean. It's new. It's all revamped. Yeah. The AC's like not that. working, though, so good luck. Okay. Uh, all right, Wendy Walsh is up next. Brian <laughs> 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 Suits, uh, Alan, thanks for going. Uh, Everybody struggles. <laughs> No, all the humanity. Uh, uh, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying adieu. Adieu, adieu, to you and you and you.